0: Hey mate, you okay? Yeah, doing really well. I realise that I've probably read the 92 all the way back to 1960. I haven't yet got Burnley. I don't know if it's a Lancashire problem, but I am delighted to tick off Blackburn Rovers, Champions of England. In your lifetime, Andy Watson?
1: Yeah, those were the days, weren't they? (laughs) Yep, um, I was only um, a kid, but still very much memorable.
0: I bet. Um, it was the original Roman Abramovich, the original Sheikh Mansour, um, because it was, I just about knew that Blackburn won the league. My first season that I remember was 95-6. I don't, right. I, I remember Manu losing the cup, but not the league. I wasn't a Watford fan at that time. I barely knew Watford had a football club. But I, yeah, Blackburn was were of course on my radar. Have I interrupted you from listening to Chris Sutton on Five Live this evening? No, has he been talking rovers? Uh, he's prob- I, I don't listen because it's too bantersome. This is not the Chris Sutton ah, of old. Yeah. This is the media construct, Chris Sutton, who went bankrupt. Do you know this? He got into horrible problems. So it may- paints a completely different light as to what his career is. His career is just to be financially there for his family and try and fight for the memory of his dad. Have you met Chris Sutton? I've never met him in person, no,
1: but I have listened to the Monday Night Club on, on numerous occasions I know exactly what you mean by it being banterous oh, uh, exactly. rather than informative in, in most cases so, you know, he was, he was definitely uh, an interesting character at Rovers, actually, Chris Sutton there was a lot of talk at the time and subsequently that he and Alan Shearer didn't get on at all and um, that their partnership was you know, purely on the pitch and, and definitely not in the dressing room and, and, off, and off the pitch. So um, I think they've cooled a lot in, in the subsequent years, but there's certainly plenty of uh, stories going around from the mid-90s mm-hmm. uh, where that, yeah, it didn't really work out for them. They kept them um, as apart friends.
0: on punditry. They yeah. keep them well away from each other.
1: Yeah, yeah, they, they rarely ever speak um, on the same shores or or doing the same stuff. So, yeah, um, and there's, I'm sure there's reasons for that that we'll never ever find out. But um, let's just say, you know, there's always people in the Rovers fraternity who say that they know more than what they, they let on. Whether that's true or not, I'm sure there's only a select number of people. Will I, know and
0: I think I know someone who might know. Nigel Tassel helped Chris write his book. You get better than that, How yeah. to Fix Modern Football, which I saw available for... Two pounds. It's better than that. Um, The works in Watford have it for two pounds. And some of his ideas are perfectly commonsensical. Uh, I can't remember what his views are on statistics, but I seem to be talking to Andy Watson, the stats guy from Rovers Chat, the award, silver award-winning Rovers Chat. Um, Again, congratulations. You told me off there that you spent far too much money on drink, but there's a really nice photo and it seems to be like the whole row of a, a crowd. At the, um, it's a great photo. It's a great image of all of you guys. So, who have we got in the group? The, the six lads who
1: went down that day. Dan, the creator, the visionary, if you like, of Rover's chat. Then, obviously, myself who, um, yeah, like I said, does a lot of the stats for for the for the group. And then um, we had Ryan, who's the, almost the face of the group in a way. Now um, he does a lot of the the live stuff on YouTube. Um, Joe Harvey was there, who uh, does a lot of the graphics and things, and now he's in the game as a scout for hearts. Um, Luke Kimberley was there, who's a regular. And uh, Jonathan Secker as well. So, all um, 06 went down, but there's, there's other people. Alex Lomax, uh Ollie Howarth, who contributed to the podcast. Tom Scorfield who's been there from the start but couldn't make it. He's just qualified to be a police officer. So, yeah, there's, um, it's about... 13 or so in the group in total and we all um, collaborate across video, uh, writing and um, we like to get out there and get to the games as much as possible as a group as well.
0: It's a, like a Korean boy band or as I'm sure people have said, So Solid Crew. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, absolutely all the time. Um, that I mean, we, can't, we can't move with, without being compared to So Solid Crew. I'm so sorry. Um... LAUGHTER <laughs> Uh, they were they were on pointless the other day i was i was round at mum's and there's two of so solid crew uh one of them's gone into acting i think oh both or two of them have gone into acting um so Blackburn rovers we know who you are we know you're very successful at the end of the 19th century with your five fa cups do you have replicas of those fa cups or one of them in the club
1: yeah you can see them when you go on the tours and stuff as i did um you know, as you do when, when you're a child and you, your parents buy you a tour of the ground for your birthday and you go there. Um, yeah, you get to see them there. But they, uh, so they're on display in the main entrance, I think, um, if memory serves, whether they've moved them or not, I don't know. But um, our, our trophy trof- trof- cabinet hasn't been bursting since the uh, early 20th century. So, well, yeah, they definitely take a proud of place.
0: I will never tire of telling the story where I thought Robbie Savage... Won the League Cup with Blackburn. I went to Cardiff, two thousand two. Matt Jansen, Andy Cole, Henningberg. Berg, I think was the goalkeeper. Who was the goalkeeper that day? Yeah, Brett Friedel. Friedel. It rained all the way there, all the way back. Uh, I was a Spurs fan that day, and I just thought for years Robbie Savage was playing for Blackburn that day, but no, he played for Leicester against Spurs three years before. Uh, but I didn't really appreciate blackburn then i do now we're coming up to 20 years i am positive that you will be doing something to celebrate that uh carling cup worthington cup win Worthington, worthington was cup. um the worthington would have been cheaper than six pound 50 in those days <laughs> um did you all go how many of the 13 of you were there on that day
1: oh that's a good question so i actually wasn't there dan i think was there ryan was there I'd say probably about half if I'm guessed if I had to guess Joe would have been too young Alex would have been too young yeah we've got like some 21 year olds who uh... damn them
0: and it was some great goals and I've I've spoken to the chap who collaborated with Matt Jansen on his book and I'm trying to go through my rolodex I can't remember who it was I think it was Leo Moynihan and Matt no, I, have, I have read the book. I'm just looking on my bookshelf now because it was still... Do not, grab it, it if it you can. Away, I'll, I'll imagine John, John Durden's book on the championship of 95 is there. He's out in China covering football over there. But that is the story of Blackburn Rovers. And we're inducting books about Blackburn Rovers into the football library today. Andy Watson is the, the stats guru. Uh, he's the one who does the stats show um, semi-regularly.
1: Yes, there's no uh, specific kind of time period. I did start to do them every two weeks, um, but since then I've become a multiple-time father. (laughs) And uh, also, um, yeah, exactly. I've got other other commitments as well these days. So it's become less frequent, but also higher in quality over the time.
0: Yes, because you're doing that as a job. Just tell us what you do.
1: I have a couple of different jobs. I actually work as a football trader for Skybet at the moment. But I also am uh, a football analyst. Um, I was doing that recently for Five Yards, and I also do private scouting for for some individuals
0: and some um, agencies as well. Based in Stockton on Tees. That's right. Yeah. I would, I would. I would love Marshalls. to ask how much your house is worth um, because it's it'll be affordable in that part of the world. Um, it certainly is. Is it Yorkshire, uh, Stockton? Well, I, I, yeah so yeah. it's still
1: crosses North Yorkshire it's very much on the border it's I think disputed territory uh, between County Durham and North Yorkshire so yeah um, I, I, I don't mind which to be to be quite honest I, I like us being kind of on the border
0: and yet you support a Lancastrian club Andy Watson Sports is your wordpress and if I'd had uh if I knew I was talking to you um because what happened is that Daniel is, is covering the under 23s game. We should uh, follow it. Is he updating? He is. His
1: last message was under 23s are, are awful.
0: Well, they're playing. Um, come, so... come on, they're playing Liverpool. This is unfair. They're
1: playing, It's Liverpool, exactly. So um, I think it was 2 0 last time I checked. So let's just get a
0: scoreline yeah, we'll on, on, line on this that. Is, um, yes, Daniel has previewed it. Victories over Chelsea and Middlesbrough? A defeat to Man U recently?
1: Yeah, it's, it's still 2 0 to Liverpool. And um, Blackburn under 23s are struggling this season. We actually we actually challenged for the title in that division last season and lost out to Manchester City, um, which is no mean feat because Manchester City under 23s are legendarily very good. Um, Liverpool are usually very good as well, but um, and they are tonight, unfortunately for us. Uh, Blackburn are struggling down the bottom end of that division so it's not necessarily a surprise that it's two out to Liverpool but we always hope for
0: better. And I wish you luck in the FA Youth Cup. I'm writing a book about that tournament from kids to champions. Uh, Mr Savage Mm -hmm. is on the cover because that was about the only trophy he actually won. Have Blackburn done very well in the under-18s tournament in the time that you've followed them?
1: Yes, so we've had um, two final appearances in the time that I've been a fan, one in 97 and one in around about 2010. Um, Very few of the 2010 group actually made it to uh, a decent career. In fact, I think it was 2012, I am not telling a lie, around that time anyway. In the 97 group, there was the likes of um, Damien Duff, um, James Beattie, James Thomas, who made it as a professional. Um, Quite a few uh, good players, I think Martin Taylor, Marlon Brooms, that kind of era of block and rovers players who quite a lot of them went on to have a successful career. Damian Johnson uh, was in that group as well. So, um, And two years ago, we our under-18s made it to the semi-finals where we lost again to Manchester City, Um, and that was a very good run for us, and I expect quite a good run this season because our under 18s, um, if you look at the under 18 Premier League, are actually top of the north section, um, having won six out of seven. I think Friday, ones, to so, watch. Um, ones to watch in the FA Youth Cup this season.
0: Well, I might go along. Uh, I'm thinking of going to AFC Wimbledon against Woking um, in a couple of weeks before we hear it. The big, big, big ones don't come into the second or third round um but yeah as you say that team of 97 it's because of jack walker's money if you plant the seeds then the plants grow up it's no coincidence that the last 10 years has been dominated by well clubs that can buy in a lot of foreigners um but it's just it's so good as we're seeing with uh, Olise now at palace if someone comes through at reading it means reading can sell them on um so i'm sure we'll get a full review um on the website podcast and videos and written work at roverschat.com that's the place to go uh to hear well the so solid rovers team uh the silver in the best club content creator category at what used to be called the football blogging awards football content awards your your category would have been judged by some top creators do you know who
1: only get to see the long list of judges you don't know exactly which judges have been referred to which category so um, it's difficult to say really half of it is done on votes for the general public and then apparently half of it is judged Um, how much of your content they get to see and how much of the competitors they get to see is all up in the air and shrouded in mystery so um we got we got beaten by um sheffield united way sheffield united way Um, who also triumphed in another category. So obviously they're a very popular publication and I'm sure no shame in losing to those guys. They were sat next to us, actually very nice guys, but um, it would have been nice to get the gold. But our first have a trip down there and uh, to come away with anything was, was definitely a positive result for us.
0: And this is a huge vindication because I don't know too much about the origin story of Rovers Chat. Who was the leader? Who was the one who was peaked, couldn't get into the industry and decided just to do it himself and then brought everyone else on board?
1: Yeah, so Dan Ensworth Dan is the brains behind the operation. He set it up four years ago now um, with Tom and a few others who have since, you know, fallen by the wayside as, as people tend to do, um, but it was only really like I think our big growth was um, maybe three years ago, may I say, with stats show and getting that YouTube content updated and, and better, and then um, really during lockdown we started putting a lot more live um, broadcasts and doing reaction live reactions to matches. Yeah,
0: you do the watch-alongs, great. which I, I know a lot of. Uh, Fan channels, certainly Watford's guys did. And when you're doing them, rather than asking about numbers, because it fluctuates with how well the team are doing, were you consciously... All of you debriefing and briefing and seeing what beats you should hit and how you should present yourself.
1: Yeah, absolutely. We we kind of we don't script things, but we certainly have a, a plan before we go on a broadcast as to to where the direction of the the show should be. Um, when we first started, it was probably a lot looser than what it became because with practice, of course, you manage to work out what works, and you know you do get to see the. the the numbers go coming in and out and, and see where they're dropping off and where they're coming in. So you can refine your product um, in that way. And it's good to see that we managed to get kind of hit our stride. And and now of course we have to adapt again to going back to stadiums. So we've done a couple of, you know, fan experience videos um, in lieu of the live stuff that we've not been able to do. So again, it's just adapting to, to how the times are coming and, and you know, our channel continues to grow with a lot of, uh, of chili and, Fans recently.
0: We'll get to, to that. Anderle, anderle. We will get to those Chilean fans in the second half. Uh, it is Rovers Chat. And congratulations, Dolan and Gallagher score to secure victory. The winning feeling returns. So there was a live watch along. So some of you would not have been at the ground that day.
1: Ollie does the live watch lungs. He is Ollie Walker Peel. This is. He's a young man from originally from Blackburn, but he's out in Australia. So because he's out in Australia, Jesus. he can't get to the matches.
0: Two a.m. Um, but on a Sunday. Me,
1: yeah, I mean, he's a young man, as I just said. So yeah. <laughs> it's probably more reasonable for him to do right. it. Um, but he. Yeah, he loves it. He wants to get into commentary as a profession. And uh, I think he finds this a very good outlet to the to way um, that he wants to he wants to view the matches anyway. And obviously, being Australian, he gets access to the live streams, um, which we don't always get in the UK, especially at three o'clock on yeah. Saturday. So um, it certainly works out very well for us as a channel that we've got, Holly.
0: That is magnificent because, yes, just looking at the watch along, instantly I think, well, hang on. If the stadium's opened and you're all Blackburn fans... How, how long's the trip from Stockton to, I almost said to Darlington, you know why, Stockton to Blackburn?
1: Yeah, it's um, about two and a half hours, um, two, two and a bit on a good day. Um, so it takes a while to get there, but obviously being from there, I'm, I'm, I, I go up, down, up and down quite regularly. Um, I also I love it more when they come to Borough or when they come to, uh, to a Yorkshire of course, team. It's, yeah. like, it's a bit easier to get
0: there. Were you at Ewood Park in 2012? For the game between Blackburn Rovers and Watford.
1: Off memory, I don't think I was.
0: It is memorable. Because,
1: because I, was on, yeah, I was on teacher training.
0: Oh, fact, what so do you teach? Or what did you teach? I was a maths teacher. John Allan <laughs> Fanchon, who had come over uh, from Udinese, played the first half, was subbed and was never seen again. Still alive. Still alive. Uh, but he played left wing back. Uh, I haven't looked up the Blackburn lineup that day. I might at half-time but that was my first trip to Ewood Park and it was the time when the terraces behind one of the stands I think were about to be knocked down or had just been knocked down. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, I think so. Um, We Obviously, Ewood Park built within a Terrace housing estate um, for reasons only known to the developers at the time. Um, So we've had to systematically demolish... um, (laughs) few of the old terraced houses around the grounds and yeah that was probably the last one that was was brought down
0: it was just lovely to see it I have got the I haven't got the lineup but it was 1-0 Jordan Rhodes of course Mm. I remember that goal Colin Kazim Richards had missed a penalty hitting the bar I don't remember that Bradley Orr and Jason Lowe also played in that game this was the early days of Zola but you did have England goalkeeper Paul Robinson, current Norwich captain Grant Hanley, Dixon Atuhu, Reuben Rockiner, Morton Gamps Pedersen, I do remember being very good that day. And Givet, ex of Newcastle?
1: Um, I don't think he played for Newcastle. He, he played mainly in France and then came over to us. He was, he was actually a bit of a, a cult hero figure, Gail Givet. Uh, quite, quite an, you should definitely Google him. He's... Uh, He's got a few interesting bits and pieces in his career that actually you may ask me about, but I can't actually quite remember. But he certainly had a few things to say about um, leaving the club when we were in the, the championship. He, he wanted to leave, and it's not that it, was, it wasn't the um, the fans he was annoyed with. I think it was more the management.
0: That era of Blackburn Rovers is memorable for one thing and one clucking thing only. Were you there?
1: Yes, I was. I know what you're, talk- I know what you're referring to. Well,
0: because that's still... Cause <laughs> since then, Blackburn have kind of tread- trodden water, obviously going down and back up. But from the Premier League era, it was live on television, so there was no escape. Mm. How did it get into the ground?
1: So I think it was the Wigan fans, I think. That brought the, or was it one of our dissenting home fans? I can't quite remember, because obviously, if you remember at the time, there was a lot of... Um, you know, protests outside the ground. There's a lot of um, very much unrest with the, the ownership and the management, and you know who can blame them. Um, especially when you see the effect that it's had on the club. Um, but yeah, so I think it was just you know concealed from the cover. I'm not sure that the stewards were the most uh, vigilant that day.
0: <laughs> no, uh, there were lot of clocking hell uh, in the in the news. But I was really. Impressed, it's Jack Straw territory and uh, Blackburn. You could sure. tell it was Cottonopolis and now yeah. it's post industrial. Um, I remember walking back actually from Ewood Park and it had gotten dark early, uh, but I felt safe. It was very villagey, villagey come town, reminded me of Wigan and Huddersfield yeah. in that way. Proper northern, obviously, the fans distraught because it was a caretaker period. Um, does it feel like 10 years ago since Backburn last played in the Premier League?
1: Yeah, it's a tough question because we have been through ups and downs, um, as you alluded to there, going down to the third tier. Uh, however, I suppose the last three seasons, we have kind of been in that kind of safe mid table of the championship. And those seasons have felt relatively long. And I don't know whether it's the because of the, the pandemic and the lockdown and the absence from the ground. And, Time almost seems to be distorted. I'm sure that's a, a, a feeling that a lot of football supporters have had over the last 18 months or two years. Um, so it's a difficult question to answer, really, but it's certainly somewhere we'd love to be again sooner rather than later, Al- albeit um, I'm not quite sure how, how it's going to happen for us.
0: I, I don't think you should... And Obviously, it's great to see Liverpool. I'm a Watford fan. We saw Liverpool spank us last week and Everton won. Well, Everton let us win, which was very nice of them. Probably something to do with Marco Silva. I would rather watch good contests against Sheffield United, Bournemouth, Norwich than one sided contests where resistance is futile against clubs which have a turnover of six, seven hundred million pounds. Because it starts to be balance sheet at that stage and just hoping that someone's on a bad run or has a superstar missing. The Championship, as we know, Nigel Tassel has written this book, The Hard Yards. I don't know if you've picked that one up. It Came out about two months ago.
1: I haven't. Oh. I haven't had the opportunity yet.
0: Ask for it for Christmas from one of the kids if they can buy them. How old are the kids?
1: Four and three. No.
0: We well, could read, can read bedtime stories. Um, yeah, the hard yards. Can, it... I,
1: can I just can I just interrupt to say that it's now Blackburn under twenty threes two, Liverpool under twenty
0: threes two. Oh, cool. well, what so are we well. doing here talking about it? Yes, I'm following the Rovers Academy <laughs> Twitter feed. And the goal has just gone in from a penalty by Davenport. So, who's Davenport?
1: Jacob. Jacob Davenport. He scored them both. Was, he's obviously... He's, he's, on the, he's, he's a first-team player, really. But, um, obviously, been asked to play for the John 23s tonight, mainly for fitness reasons. Yeah, he has got them both right. The 78th
0: minute and the 86th minute. So. so, with five minutes to go, we'll check back just before half-time here, here with Andy Watson of rovers chat the romeo of the so solid yeah
1: i was gonna claim romeo i'm so glad that you said that he's the only one that you know
0: he is the yeah romeo 10 plus one he had a big career afterwards that's why ashley walters is the one who went on to the film career and then lisa mafia is the girl one lisa mafia yeah
1: Mm. mc harvey is another one yes
0: controversial harvey
1: Oxide and Neutrino, I think we're also in a so solid crew.
0: Yes, good. Uh, they I mean,
1: remixed the casualty theme tune to great success.
0: If any listener doesn't know for the Bam the Reload, please go, because <laughs> at that time Blackburn were, I'll bring it back to Blackburn, uh, you are doing really well. Um, Mark Hughes, really good team, lots of money. Jack Walker passed away around that time. Mm,
1: yes, so I think he passed away in the time that we were in, well, I can't remember what name they called it now, Division One, was it at the time? I think it was. Um, so he saw us get relegated, but unfortunately never saw us back in the Premier League um, and didn't get to see the Worthington Cup triumph, either. but the Jack Walker Foundation continued to be kind of like the owners of, of the club for a little while, and, and the, the trustees of that, as it were, were John William. So the Walker family continued to look after the club during those early Hughes
0: years. Because that would have been the trust that was set up, so when Jack died, all the money that he earned from the steal um, yeah. would have gone into the club. So was it a case of maximising assets at that time? Because you still signed some very good players in the 2000s.
1: Well, of course, you know, when, you, when you're when you a kind of a solid Premier League club, as we then became again um, in, in those soonest and then Hughes times, um, you obviously had a guaranteed income from the from the TV money, we were able to continue to keep attendances in the low 20,000s, which was very good for a club of our size. Um, so we continued to have a little bit of money from the Walker Trust, although nowhere near as much. And of course, this is the time when, as you alluded to, the Abramoviches, um, the Americans start to get interested in, in uh, Premier League football, and the, the TV rights are starting to go up. So it's becoming more of a viable proposition for people to come in and own clubs and make a profit. Um, so we we started to become smaller and smaller fish. And, and yet the decisions that were made on the pitch uh, ten, tended to be quite good um, at that particular time. And, and we were successful Um Getting into Europe on three out of four seasons in that in that time period, which you know for a, still a club of our size is is fantastic and something that you don't really see
0: um, at the moment. And you would remember those European nights. I should have really checked who you played. Do you have one that sticks out at Ewood Park?
1: I mean, Celtic sticks out oh, cool. um, quite a lot. Um, that was in the Sunas. Um, we'd gone to Glasgow and and done really well. Uh, we I was. <laughs> I'm trying not to say we battered them, because that's such a football phrase, but um, we did, we dominated the game and still ended up losing um, 1-0, and we were confident, taking them back to Ewood, that we could overturn that. That's not the way it worked out. They played Chris Sutton, getting a second mention um, in midfield, which was very a good idea from Martin O'Neill. He, he was the one who set up Henrik Larsson for a couple of goals, and um, they put us to bed uh, too early, really, and it became a little bit more of a... A damp squid, but it was a huge occasion, and, and Celtic brought a lot of people down the M6 to us. And um, but still, it was a very that was a huge occasion, very much built upon Sky Sports, and with soon S being a former Rangers manager, of course, yeah. made it all the tastier. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and, and Celtic went on to the European the UEFA Cup final that year. So that was the calibre of, of team that they that they had at the time. I can tell and you that.
0: I spoke to Jackie McNamara. He talks about that cup final in his book. Mm-hmm. So that's the kind of calibre of guests that we have in the football library. Andy Watson here from Rovers Chat. Um, yeah, how like far it's away stunted. is this stadium, uh, Leland, from, uh, from Ewood?
1: Yeah, it's about 15 miles south. Uh, it's in the Greater Manchester area. It's actually the home of the Lancashire FA. Oh. Um, so it's just outside of Greater Manchester I think and, maybe uh, 15 miles is a bit much maybe it's more like 10 but don't quote
0: me on it Rovers, <laughs> I should say Rovers Chat with an underscore uh, if you want to find out the news on the silver medal winning not quite good at Sheffield United best club content yeah. creator at the Football Content Awards I've just found uh, what you look like because I've just uh, looked at roverschat.com and there you are fiveyards.co.uk Uh, And you're on YouTube, the Rovers Chat YouTube channel. So which stats show should I go to first?
1: (laughs) Um, Not the most recent one. The one previous to that is probably a good one. I think it was Lee Scott who was guesting on that in the summer. And There was a lot about... I decided to do a couple of things about recruitment in the professional game um, in the summer. And I have Lee Scott on one. And I think I have Dave Bahara and Matt... I forget my surname now, but he's at Barnsley. Um so a couple of interesting ones there if you wanna learn about um, modern recruitment methods in, in professional football. And I'm I'm gonna re- I have to record a new stat show because that, that one is uh is a few weeks out of date and there was no guest on it and often they can be a little bit drier and more difficult for the fa- for the fans to follow, I think, when it's just the one person I prefer to have someone to talk to and um uh, and work with really.
0: I have one of Lee's books. Lee's written a few published on Pitch. He has, yeah. Have you got them? Have you read them?
1: I haven't read them. Um, he's, he wrote about Klopp and he and... Yeah. Uh, Guardiola. Yeah, Guardiola. I, mean, I know he's got another one as well. Um, I think that's two more gold? of a general. Is there a 2 um,
0: But yes, there, are, there is a literature for statistics. Christoph Behrman's book, Football Hackers, is yes. literally the bomb. It's a fantastic book. Uh, introduced me to packing and is it PPL or PPA, which is a way to measure a player's active contribution in a game pass per defensive action. Passed yeah,
1: PPDA. Thank you very uh, much. Passes per defensive action.
0: Yeah, I knew like to do uh, it looked. It's,
1: it's more. it's, yeah, it's more a, it's, a, it's kind of it's kind of a pressing metric. Um, each um, that provider will will have slightly different interpretations of it. Um, the one I, I use Scout, a lot and their interpretation of it is within 60 yards from the opponent's goal. So how many passes per defensive action like, take place in, in that area of the field. So mm. so teams like um, Liverpool or Barnsley in the championship who are very high pressing will, will traditionally have a very low uh, PPDA because they get they perform a defensive action very early on um, and press their opponents very high, whereas you think of Steve Bruce's Newcastle or um, another team that's Burnley well, maybe not Burnley so much these days, but a, th- a team that's t- yeah, a team that tends to sit back and soak up pressure a little bit more will have a much higher PPDA because they don't tend to get involved in the opponent's play as high up um, towards the goal. So, hopefully, that's a, a basic
0: explainer. That's of very PPDA good. No, 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 absolutely followed. understood, and I'm, I'm sure we'll hear it in action. Uh, on the YouTube stat show, so you do the diagrams and you talk through the diagrams and grunt and squeak and squawk with the diagrams.
1: I, I certainly do, yeah, lots of squawking um, involved. <laughs> some, some rapping as well, obviously.
0: Very, yes, as a yeah. former maths teacher, you have to rap to keep people involved. Um, yeah, these stat shows on YouTube, I will I will we'll fly through one after we talk. Um, as it, is it full-time, at Leland?
1: It is yes, it's finished
0: 2-2. That's pretty good. So, yeah, a result against Liverpool 23s who, uh, well, the under-23s at Liverpool, it's a weird situation because they're not loaned out and they're not good enough for the first team. And here's the link. There was one player who was in that situation last year, went to Blackburn. A scale of 1 to 10, uh, how much 2 guy did Harvey Elliott have? I'm using two-guy as a metric for a really good Blackburn midfielder. Better than 2 guys? Yes.
1: No. Well, I mean, less cult than Two Guy. Uh, two Guy's developed this kind of mythical status at, at Blackburn Rovers and in football in general, I suppose. Um, a lot of it clouded in secrecy, sequ- maybe clouded in cigarette smoke, actually. <laughs> um, he he was just majestic, um, and I saw on Twitter someone coming across a um, an old newspaper cutting whilst they were moving house, and it uh, had a little few lines on two guy how he just seemed to caress the ball with um, ultimate technique and controlled the tempo of matches, and and that's what was so good about two guy. And Harvey Elliott does have a trace of that. Um, he's a lot more kind of. Progressive, obviously quicker. Uh, most people are quicker than two guy. Um, although Elliot certainly wouldn't rely on on his pace, um, he wouldn't be the one flying past a fullback. He's definitely one who will have the technique and the vision that two guy would have. But like I say, also was a a better around the box player than two guy. But he certainly wouldn't have been able to play in that withdrawn role. And maybe when he gets older, he would be able to. But he certainly has that touch of class that you that you get from two guy.